Welcome to Living the Boulder Dream. I'm here today with Wences, who is a past client of mine, um, who when I first invited to do this podcast, he said, oh, wow, I wish you had that when I was looking for a place. So maybe that's a kind of a good place to start. Um, And then just kind of tell me, like, what was that like? Huh. I wish that was available when I was looking. What was it about it that intrigued you? Um, I mean, basically, when we started looking, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> it just sounded like something that, you know, should be doing at this time and made sense. But, you know, there's so many things that we just don't know until yeah. we get into it. Okay. That wasn't obvious from my my side. I mean, you know, there was obviously a learning curve that you guys were, were doing and, like, figuring out what it, what it was that you wanted. But maybe I wasn't fully aware that you really had to. We hit it well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, let's just start with, you know, I start with kind of the same kind of questions with, with most people just to kind of get an idea of where they're from, what brought them to Boulder and that kind of stuff. So start with like, where, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Maryland, um, near DC, basically. Yep. Okay. Came over here um, at CU around 2008 okay. time. Yeah. Um, yeah, had a great time, made some really good friends. Um, and then I actually left from, left Boulder went to Australia and a few other places and ended yep. up coming back here. Yeah. Uh, was that a year and a half ago? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, Boulder's great. Um, there's tons of things I love about it, which is why we, you know, decided to come back here and, and yep. try it out again. Yep. Um, and, and your other half is living abroad. Yes. And cause she's in a PhD program. Is that the, yep. yeah. Okay. So, in Sweden, right? So, when when is she done with that and coming back? Well, that's maybe another two and a half years. Okay, interesting. Yeah. We're still yeah. trying to figure out how to get that all to work. Yeah, but it seems like whenever I bump into you guys, like you're together, so it sounds like she's she's here quite often. Yeah, well, they do have a very good work life balance there, and in the summertime, it's easy to go away, so she can come over here in the yeah. summer. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, how we can get back there. Right. Cool. From time to time. All right. So um, getting an idea of, and and sorry to everyone who's listening, the banging, there's there's work being done in this building today and there's just nothing we can do about it. So we're just going to roll with it. Um, so I hear some, some pounding every once in a while. Um, tell me about the style of architecture where you grew up. I mean, I know, I know DC pretty well. I lived in Fairfax years and years ago, but I know, I know the Maryland side has a little bit more historic nature to it. So just paint that picture a little bit. Yeah. So there are very nice historic areas, mm-hmm. but where I grew up was more like cookie cutter suburb okay. type thing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say architecture was like yeah. that. I don't know. Advance? Yeah. I don't know how to, how, to, how to describe it, but yeah. Like track home built, you know, like yeah. in the suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what you imagine when you think of like yeah. typical suburbs. Which is probably why I didn't last in Fairfax. We, we lived like right where Route, I think it was Route 50, met um, uh, Reston Parkway. And it was just, you know, development, um, yep. which was not how I grew up in New York and, and just was not, you know, didn't feel like what I wanted to live in. That's exactly, I think, what it felt like. And that's why coming out to Boulder felt a bit different. Yep. It's not quite like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's pockets of it. There right? is. Yeah, I've lived in some sure. newer newer stuff and some older stuff. And um, you have a mix. Right? Yes. So, 
Cool. So talk about talk about the house a little bit, right? Like was so it was a newer, you know, at the time, newer house. Uh, we lived in a few places, but yeah. Yeah. And you know, were they big? Were they small? You know, and and I ask these questions because in Boulder, right, you can have your typical 1960s ranch house. Um, you can have these, you know, monstrous houses that were kind of built on the northern, you know, and eastern side, um, and up in the mountains, and and then there's kind of like everything in between. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, first was townhomes, um, two story, uh, three story townhomes. Okay. And then a single family house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, three stories, like a little yard. Right. Front and back. So really nothing exciting no. about it. Just <laughs> just like four walls and yeah. a couple levels. And, I mean, okay. yeah, there was something personally, like I know some people like living in these areas, but yep. I just wasn't a fan of how everything was kind of the same and yeah. you had to literally drive everywhere yep. to get where you, yep. whatever. Yep. You yep. Know? Yeah. yeah. And you know, the further east you go here into like Erie and, you know, parts of Lafayette, you know, it's the same kind of thing, but yeah. people sometimes have to weigh, like, do they want to be, you know, close to downtown, which is going to limit like what you have versus being further away, which gives you more, but then there's travel time. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, so, I mean, generally like how big was that house? I am not good with sizes. Okay. I'm gonna say right now. <laughs> He's looking around the room. <laughs> um, I actually don't. I actually am thinking in meters right now. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so I don't know the square footage. Got it. Um, let's say 400 square feet. 400, the whole house? Sorry, square meters. Square meters. Okay, so that's probably close, closer to 2,000. Like, okay. You know, all right, yeah. Is that so, like a typical house? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, the typical Boulder Ranch in Boulder with a finished basement is like 2,800 square feet. Okay. And a lot of them, the basements aren't even fully finished. So okay. um, This is including a basement. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, and so what was the, the, like, the longest duration that you lived in any one place? Ooh. Um, well, besides like growing up, no, including, including growing, growing up. Like, up? W- what's your record? I mean, mine's um, eight, which is or well, ten growing up was was my record. Probably like eight as well. My, yeah, the first home we stayed in in yeah. the same home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's people now. I think they say like the average life of a loan is like five years, um, but sometimes that includes refinancing. But people definitely move a lot more now than than they did back in the day, um, at least when I was growing up. Um, you stayed, your grandma still live in the same house that like parents lived in, you know, that kind of thing. Um, all right. So kind of moving on. So, so coming out to Boulder, CU brought you here, right? You Mm -hmm. were a student at the time. Yep. Okay. Um, cause you're working for the university now. Yeah. No, I'm working for a national lab. Okay. Yeah. But it's not associated with the university? No. Okay. Right. I just assumed. I just assumed. No, I mean, okay. I tried looking there, but I didn't get anything. But okay. we got a national lab that let us work remote, so yeah, yeah. it worked well. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right, and then do you, so you found, now I know, I know how you found me. You found me through friends of yours who yes. were also past clients of mine. Yep. So what was that conversation like, you know, when you were like, yeah, maybe we're going to look for something. And, you know, how did, how did my name come up? How did that whole thing start? Um, just because it's important for people to understand, like, you know, brokers predominantly, the good ones, work on referrals, right? So that's the most exciting thing for me is when a past client says, hey, you should work with John and you call me. Like that's, yeah. an, that's an amazing thing that happens, or, you know, organically. Yeah. Um, so tell me about that story. Yeah, so I mean, we were talking about this with our friends who had 
like he said, already purchased a home. And this is where we're starting to get the ideas. Okay, what do we need to do? And they, they kind of start going through the steps. Yep. And when you start looking yourself, you're just like, oh, there's so many people. Like, I don't know what <laughs> makes one person different to, from another. Yeah. And we had looked at some homes just like with random real estate agents. Yeah. Um, just by clicking on Zillow. And, yeah. Yeah. And they're all, they all seem nice, but you're like, just, you know, you don't know. You don't want to, you yeah. need to trust someone. Right. So it make it just, it was easy when our friends were like, oh yeah, this person's great. You know, like we pretty much went with actually with all of the referrals that they sent to us. Yeah. 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 So, you worked with their lender and yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the thing, right? Like for, for us, um, as, as brokers, like what does separate us and put, put us apart, that, that whole idea of like, how do we stand out? And so this podcast is, is part of that, right? So people can kind of get to know me before they actually get to know me. Um, you know, just kind of, and, and it's fun. (laughs) And it's a good way to get back in touch with, with past clients and see what they're up to and then actually come to their place and see that too. So here we are. Um, all right. So w- when you like started looking, how, how was what we, what you originally set out looking for different than what you ended up with? Um, you know, how so? Yeah. So yeah, close to the mountains, which we are not exactly as close as we thought we were going to be right we're hoping to be because we were looking at a couple things west of broadway but you know being west of broadway you get less right that that same same conundrum right so we're we're a little bit further away from downtown but you guys have an amazing view yep tons of sunlight in in a great development um with access to everything so sometimes you have to you know give a little bit oh definitely yeah yes like definitely like the sun that like i would say we, when we saw this place, it wasn't exactly like it check, checked the boxes. It was more like you're like, oh, this feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the windows were a massive thing. The fact that you can still see the flat irons was great. Um, you're close to the bike path, yep. So you can like I don't have a car, so yeah. I just cycle, get my groceries, come back. Um, you could well, well connected like North and South Boulder still. Yeah, um, it's, it's like a 20 minute cycle to get to the hiking trails. Right, go for a hike. Yeah. Back. yeah, yeah, good. I mean, there's not a whole lot of places in Boulder that are far from something, right? Yeah. So you know, um, yeah. but yeah, okay. Um, and then let's kind of dig into like the process, right? So now we've talked about you know where you're from and and how we got here and what you guys were looking for, but as you and how you found me, um, but jumping into like the process, like what was the most stressful part of it? Uh, the whole like having to deal with well do you remember the mold issue i do that was probably one of the most stressful things okay but it was kind of like on top of everything else okay right like we had deadlines that we had to meet yep otherwise we you know our offer wouldn't have gone through um and also you know at the same time dealing with renting a place and having to try for someone to fill in the lease or to break the lease Yep. I mean, it's just more like things compounded. Yeah. Yes. As we so so we'll dig into that a little bit just because we've you know opened Pandora's box and everybody's listening going mold what and you yeah. and you bought it, so mold is not always you know a terrible thing. It's not a good thing. Um, this water event did not happen in this unit, um, but because it happened above, there was some residual water that came through. And uh, if I remember correctly, when we tested for mold, it came up in the air. Yeah. 
Um, so that was remediated. Um, and, and essentially what that means is that they put air scrubbers in here, they spray an organic car compound that kills all the spores. And then once that's done and they've scrubbed all the air, they come back and they retest to make sure it's gone. And it was. Um, yes. So no, no hay fever symptoms, no like, you know, so there, there is success with that. And it doesn't always mean like the end of the world where, where it does get a little sticky is when there is a, and it was just a, a water leak upstairs. Yes. So when it does get a little dicey is when there's water coming from somewhere that you can't stop. So like groundwater or runoff water or sewer water and that kind of stuff. So different different situations but you guys like so i didn't even know that was the most stressful thing for you because you you know you followed my lead we did all the things we had the people upstairs um involved to a certain extent um that was lucky though that was lucky that yeah. they just happened to be home and, and you just you just asked them you know oh is it okay if we you know yeah. check in and then we were able to talk to them and got pictures and yeah and it happened uh just for for everyone listening there was so a pipe burst in a wall the wall was still open upstairs and they were tenants in there and so they really did not care they were like sure come look at the hole yeah. um and they moved out shortly after that because that apartment can't went on the market and i actually showed it to other clients and i was like just so you know ah. <laughs> here's what happened here um and we will want to test and you know but i think it's been remediated and, and all that stuff so um okay so you know yeah that could be that could be stressful yeah <laughs> it doesn't take that much to stress me out i would say but like it's just all of that together the yeah timeline. okay yeah and did it did it ever feel at any point where you guys were like we need to get we need to back out of this we can't do this i mean that was kind of part of it right like if the mold wasn't gonna have like if they did the whole scrubbing and then they tested again and it came back positive yeah like, yeah you know yeah, like yeah being so close to saying yes or no yeah yeah sometimes. a lot riding on, yeah. on that right and then you guys had already given your notice on the rental apartment that you were in yeah and yeah so there are a lot you know a lot of moving parts and one thing falls and everything kind of goes haywire so yes. i'm glad it i'm glad it worked out me too <laughs> um all right so that was the most stressful part so uh stress aside what was as far as the transaction goes what was confusing was there anything that was just like we like i don't get this like maybe you had to ask me a few times or maybe you asked somebody else or you googled it <laughs> There's a lot, um, but I think you were pretty good at clarifying everything. And I think the also the idea is of different roles of what everyone was supposed to do. Yeah. That, I mean, I wouldn't have known that beforehand. Yeah. Like you'd say the football team uh, metaphor. Oh, the coach. Yeah. yeah. The coaches versus the referee. And, yeah. and um, so we'll, we'll, we can recap on that. So in the state of Colorado, you cannot represent both sides. Um, so you're either a buyer's agent or a seller's agent. In specific cases where say, you know, say I'm doing an open house and I'm the seller's agent and somebody walks in and they're like, no, we wanna buy it, we don't have an agent, let's just get it done, I, you know, we don't, it's a hot market, there's multiple offers, just, just help us get this done. Um, so I can then kind of change the contract to become what's called a transaction broker and be in the middle where I am just, and the, like you said, the metaphor is there's two coaches on a team and then there's a referee. So buyer's agent is one coach, seller's agent is the other coach. If they go away, then there's just the referee and I'm in the middle. And I'm really just moving paper and explaining things, but I'm not helping you negotiate against the other side. Um, 
you know, the, I'll get myself in a little trouble here. It's it's not always the best situation for those involved, right? Not having representation. That, you know, I can also be like the seller's agent and then just treat you as a customer. And then you have like nothing, like, I don't even have to tell you. The, I mean, ethically, I have to tell you the truth, but I certainly don't have to help you at all or, or clarify things. You know, you're just, you're kind of on your own. So um, buyer beware. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also like the clarification of things. Like, you don't really look at legal documents that much. Yeah. But I think you're very familiar with them. Yeah. And I don't yeah. even know if you have like what background you have in that respect. Well, I, you know, I've dealt with a lot of contracts, not in, in real estate, in, in my previous career in, in marketing and stuff and, and running an advertising agency. Um, but we do a lot of coursework with contracts. We yeah. do know those contracts really well. They, The beauty of Colorado, as opposed to other states, the, these contracts are Colorado authored contracts right they they have the consumer interest in in them even the agreement between you and i is protecting you way more than it's protecting me um and then the contract to buy and sell the same thing it is it is protecting the buyer the the seller doesn't even have a way out of that contract other than just saying no to your requests and letting you terminate but a seller unless unless the buyer does something really really bizarre like the seller can't terminate a contract right so um they are very consumer friendly um there you know i actually was part of a deal in florida not too long ago we were selling a family property that contract doesn't even have headers i mean it's just pages and pages of of text and like you, you, you yeah really really confusing so yeah. color is great in that sense um but i you know i feel your pain like i do always do want to go through it i want to explain everything to my clients to make sure that they know what's going on so that we don't, you know, down the road, like the worst thing is down the road to have a client be like, but I didn't know this. I would much rather be able to say, well, remember when we went through the contract and we talked about this and, you know, I'd feel better about that. It may not change the situation. <laughs> they still may not be happy, but at least I explained it right. Yeah, I don't think we ever had, I mean, we had confusions, but you just clarified it and then yep. everything was clear. So yep. I, never, I don't think we ever had that problem where we didn't know. Yeah, it's it's always after you sign the contracts, right? And now you're under contract and then things start moving. You get all these disclosures yep. and then you have to meet deadlines and you got to deal with a lender. And so, you know, having somebody who's got your back and on your side is, is certainly, you know, yes. helpful Super there. Helpful. So don't go it alone, especially if you've never done it before. Yeah. Um, all right. So if you could warn other buyers or, or even sellers, you know, about one thing, you know, what, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> Long pause. Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Um, well, we kind of had, I would say, kind of, I wouldn't, okay, it wasn't smooth sailing. Right. But we only had like that one offer that we put in. There was one other place we had looked at. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, but we didn't go through with it. Okay. And then it was just this place. Okay. And aside from the mold, yeah, it all kind of went through. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of what what was kind of concerning or... I think actually one thing... I don't know if this is really a warning. Um, <laughs> but we were actually able to like lower the cost. Like mm -hmm. the... Um, I can't remember how much... The, what was initial. the reason? I'm trying to remember. We just, my dad was just like, yeah, just ask for a lower price. Just as part of the negotiation. Yeah. 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 And it was yeah, totally yeah. fine. I do remember. So I, I remember as we were working through things and, and there, you know, sometimes 
negotiations can happen a, a lot of different ways, right? Yeah. Like you can you can lowball the first offer. You can offer asking. You can offer over asking. Just depending on where the market is. Mm-hmm. I think what was really interesting about you and then you know using your father for knowledge, which is great. Always talk to somebody who you know is on your side and has some experience in that. Although be weary about people in other markets that don't act the way Boulder is because yes. you can lose deals that, that yes, way. That's very true. So I think that was that case where your dad was like, offer less. And I was like, I, you know, it was pretty, the market was pretty hot at that point. And I was like, I don't know. Um, but I think, I think, um, and I don't remember what the, you know, what the pivotal moment was, but it, it worked, right? I um, think the interest rates were starting to go up. Okay. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And like, I don't remember all of the details, but that was, I feel like that was part of it yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Um, and we were all, my, yeah, we, yeah. we were both questioning like, oh, should we just, should we do this? And yeah. Then, but it turned out to be okay in the end. That, so. you know, that's good. The, the crazy thing is like, you never know what the seller, you know, if this, we're talking about the buy side, right? So yeah. you never know what the seller is thinking or what they need, right? They may be very happy with what they're getting or, they may have been through the ringer. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, this had been listed previously and then withdrawn and then relisted again. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, and then she was completely out of here and living in a different state. And yeah, yeah so there were a lot of things in play. And so, you know, um, you know, a fish on the hook is, is a fish, fish on the hook, right? So you, they don't want to lose you. Yeah. Um, so you start to negotiate. My kind of take on that as as the as your agent, right, as you're working through that is to tell you what what the comps say, what the market says, like, is is this a fair price? Are we overpaying or are you getting a great deal? And then when you come back at me and say, you know, I think we want to offer less. I'll say, I'll write whatever you want to write, but I think you're risking losing. And I don't remember if I told you that yeah, or not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you told I, us that. Yeah. This is why we you, were like, you may, you know. may risk, you know, you may risk. And sometimes yeah. when you, when you work a seller over, they, it starts to get emotional and personal and yeah. then they don't want to work with you anymore. Yeah. And then when you get to inspection and then there's issues, now you've spent a thousand dollars on inspection and they don't want to work with you on that. And they say no to everything. So like, you know, there's, I like to just highlight like, okay, we can do whatever you want to do. It's your offer. Like, I'm never going to tell you no, yeah. um, but here's what you risk. Right. So it all worked out in the end. Yes, it did. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if that was a warning, but more just like an insight, I insight guess. into, yeah. I mean, like, again, I, I've had clients who, you know, low ball, low ball, low ball. And, and it, it usually does not work unless there's a really, you know, extenuating circumstance. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the market is the market and fair tends to be fair. Um, some people get better deals than others and some people lose a lot of money, you know, in real estate if they make silly, silly mistakes, but, um, not necessarily in Boulder. People do pretty well, (laughs) even now with interest rates, you know, above seven, like, you know, people who are selling are still making money on their property because they bought it. You know, everything's doubled here in yeah. 15 years. So, um, cool. So moving on, there's lots of different, and you talked about them, different things in real estate, right? So there's me and the other agent, there's an inspector, there's a lender, there's an appraiser. Like, so of all these different, you know, specialties, was there anything that was frustrating or, you know, any particular discipline that you guys were just like, this is a racket. Um, I think dealing with the lender or like finding the right lender. Hmm. Um, okay. I mean, it's just hard. Yeah. Um, 
Actually, because we didn't go with the one that you referred to us. We went to with our, who our friend yes. referred to us. Yep. Um, who I work with and had referred to them. So, and that's yes, okay. Yes. Um, so <laughs> we, just... we won't say any names. <laughs> um, but I will say that the previous episode, I believe this is episode eight. Episode seven is actually Lauren Nigren um, from Cherry Creek Mortgage, who came on just to shed a little insight about the lending process and all of that. So, yeah. if you haven't listened to that episode, you should certainly go back and, and take a listen. But anyway, your your experience. Um, I just like you definitely have to check around right you have to shop around to make sure you're getting a good deal um and we're just surprised that like why someone could be so much better than another yeah for some reason um and it didn't really make sense and we thought like what 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 are we missing yeah so it's what's really interesting in my takeaway from interviewing lauren who, who i've been working with for a long time um and i and i trust her implicitly um she her takeaway was you know as a lender i can get you whatever you want but how much are you going to pay for that rate in closing costs Mm -hmm. so it's not always the rate it's you got to look at the whole picture um and you guys worked with elevations and so they send you that spreadsheet where you can plug in all sorts of different numbers and it changes your monthly rate and which is super helpful i I love that spreadsheet as you know kind of you know skeleton as it is um but that's like that's the big takeaway is that you know a lender can tell you pretty much anything you want to hear it to me it's like going back to i guess why you found me to be a good resource um is it somebody who you can trust is it somebody who you can talk to is it somebody who's going to explain everything to you mm-hmm. um and then yes the rate is important and the product not all lenders have the same product um so at, but at the end of the day it comes down to what's the right product for your situation if we're talking about just a 30-year conventional loan yeah. with a, with a monthly payment you know you're looking at the bottom line the monthly bottom line you're not looking at the interest rate yeah yeah so So there's there's a lot of knobs to turn basically (laughs) yes that's a good way to explain it for sure um yeah because if i if i change the volume you know then the rate might go up but the the monthly payment may go down um which is an interesting way that it all plays together because there's all these other fees, um, and I won't get into all that because you should go back and listen to the previous episode because we talk, we get into a lot of depth about that kind of stuff. So, um, all right, so that's kind of like the the whole your whole real estate story, like what what you went through, um, how you started, how you found started looking at properties, then how you found me, and you know how how it all came together. Um, I think from running into you guys a few times, like you're pretty happy where you are. Oh, Thing, yeah. Things worked out. Very happy. Yeah. 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 So and that's great. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's, that's my goal always. Yeah. Right. All right. So we'll kind of start to wrap things up. Um, what I like to do, and I ask these same questions of everybody, it's just, you know, just some fun things for the end. Um, what is your favorite room of the house? This one. Living room yes. with the sunlight it's and the basically view. one big room well open yeah. open floor plan right so yes. but you know we're we're sitting here staring at the flat irons which is great yeah. <laughs> on a beautiful sunny day in boulder that's not too hot but a little bit warm yep yeah, you got the afternoon sun just coming in it's yeah perfect all right yeah. uh what room will you never use and I know this is like open floor plan, so there's not really rooms, but like, so just in, in all of your places that you've dwelled uh, over the years, what's, what's the room in the house that you never use? This is a very hard question because like there's <laughs> like only three rooms. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, go beyond uh, previous, previous places, um, the house you grew up in. Oh, uh, 
actually, now that we've been living in smaller places, we just prefer smaller areas. So yeah. if I was to go back into like the older home, yeah, like I would just, you know, there's so much I wouldn't use, like a basement. I'd feel like you don't really need anymore. Or yeah, like yeah, all this stuff. This is like pretty pretty small. I would say. Yeah. So, I mean... Of all the houses that I grew up in, the dining room was never used. Like, that was just, like, you know, when there was company over or... But otherwise, like, we ate in front of the TV or, you know, we sat in a little little table at the kitchen. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Um, What should a house smell like? Uh, Hard question. Um, I mean, if you could define fresh air. Fresh air. Okay. (laughs) Open windows. Yeah. You can smell the you know plants outside the trees outside yeah yeah when there's a breeze happening yeah okay um and then what home feature and it doesn't have to be here but like what home feature in general is overrated um not just rooms no any feature in a home uh, i feel like i mean there's lots of trends right yeah. like things that people want um I feel like so many people will disagree with me on this, because <laughs> I don't have a car, like a garage. Okay, not yeah. Necessary. Garage is a big one. Yeah. I mean, there are some people who absolutely will not buy a house if it doesn't have a you know, know like two car garage that like is big enough to open doors fully, and yep. you know they just rule that one out. I know my friends. That's all they want is so they can put all their you know all their stuff in there. But yeah, don't yeah <laughs> don't okay. need it. <laughs> don't just don't need the extra stuff, yep. right? Um, all right, and last question. So what's one feature that your house doesn't have that you wish it did? Um, I guess like like some sort of loft or like a, another level. No, okay. Something like a little bit higher above that you can just hide away in sometimes. An, a nook of yeah. or space. It doesn't have to be a whole floor. But, yeah. You know, yeah. something like that some, would be nice. Some place to get away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Now I've lived in houses with great basements and nobody ever goes down there. So, yeah. you know, like yeah. sometimes all that space is wasted. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. So, well, that brings me to the end of my questions. I don't know if there's anything you want to add that I, you, you're hoping I would ask you or that I didn't cover. Um, nothing comes to mind, really. Yeah. It was, yeah. Looking back on it, like I said, it was like stressful and it was, yeah. but relatively like it all kind of went yeah. through, like we yeah. only did one offer, yeah. if I remember, which... I feel like we started to write at something else, but we never, we did, yeah, yeah, never went. Okay. Because we had, there were people living there and they, there was a whole rental thing that yes, could yeah. figure out. But. And your timing was, was tight, yes. um, but somehow we managed to do it. And I feel like it was like just everything happened yeah. for a reason. Right? So that was surprising considering that our friends are telling us it's gonna you know you're gonna put one offer in but don't expect it to go through it which is usually like yeah i mean i i usually tell most especially first-time home buyers like you're gonna write a few offers and you're not gonna get them and you're gonna start to learn what your comfort level is and how far you're willing to stretch and you really don't have that gauge until you see what's out there um, it's kind of like dating, right? Like yeah. you, you've got a date. I don't know. I don't know how many people you dated before <laughs> you got married, but um, you know, like you got to try things out until you understand like what it is that you really want, and and then make make whatever concessions you need to make that work. And that's so. yeah, the other thing, the compromises. compromises. Like, you know, we wanted to be near the mountains, but actually we're quite happy where we are. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It was yeah. great catching up, and uh, we'll we'll be listening to the next episode.